312-981-7200. Have you ever been hacked? Has your information been stolen? Mine was. And then the really tough part is realizing that your information was stolen because you gave it away. Why did we actually click on the link? Why didn't we check that we were really talking to the person um, that they said they really were? I don't know. But this is what Rachel Toback is going to explain to us. She's the CEO and co-founder of Social Proof Security. And that is actually the website as well, socialproofsecurity.com. And she's quite an engaging um, expert. She can, well, you know what, let's just talk to her. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Hi, G. How are you? Oh, so great. You know what? You have some of the best videos online and tutorials and, and speaking engagements. It's You're so engaging. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But of course, you are a hacker, but you are on the side of good. That's right. Yes. So the way that we say it in the hacker community is a hacker is a helper. We're the people who figure out what the bad people are doing, and we protect you from them. The bad people, we call those people criminals. <laughs> okay, got it. All right. I won't call them hackers anymore, just criminals. But, <laughs> I mean, you've got to be a genius to be able to do this. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I would not say I'm a genius. I would say many people probably have the persuasive skills that they need to be able to do hacking. Um, if you've ever persuaded a used car salesman to give you a lower price or haggled at a market and got that lower price, you probably have the skills to be a human hacker as well. Well, that's the thing that was fascinating about this is that a lot of this, um, the ability of someone to steal your information and get access to sort of your online profile or private information that you know about your cell phone or your bank a lot of this has to do with sort of social science and and human nature which you've researched and talk at length about yeah that's exactly right so if you're interested in learning a little bit about the social science and the studies behind human hacking and how we do what we do you can read robert cialdini's book influence he talks about the principles of persuasion that anybody who has an intact nervous system could be persuaded, right? Um, in fact, every person, every hacker that I know who does this professionally has been successfully persuaded or hacked or fished uh, over email or phone or in person. Um, even people who are in information security are able to be persuaded. But the principles of persuasion that we know about are things like reciprocity, like, gee, if I give you you know, my favorite restaurant to eat at in your area, mm -hmm. uh, you're likely to give me information about your favorite restaurant. And then maybe I could use that information to write a phishing email for you and, and offer you a coupon or free delivery or something like that that you're likely to click on. Because I feel like you're nice and you're being friendly. Yes. A lot of times people don't realize that attackers will leverage the principles of persuasion that make you feel good. We a lot of times hear about IRS scams and mm -hmm. those really mean attackers. Like they yell at you and they say, you have to give us your social security number. You're under arrest, right? We hear about that all the time. And they are actually very successful. But many times when I'm attacking, and I'm hired to do this, so not a criminal, but when I'm attacking, I am leveraging um, principles of persuasion that make you excited to participate. You know, I might give you information about a deal or give you a special offer, something that makes you want to participate like you're not in the in-group. Um, and people, because of FOMO, you know, they want to participate and then they join in. So are the majority of sort of these scams involve a conversation with the person so you can glean some information to then break into an account with? 
Sometimes I do that. Um, when, so we have two different types of attackers you can think about. you got your lazy attackers and you have your persistent attackers. <laughs> the majority of the time, gee, you're going to be encountering a lazy attacker because they do what's called a spray and pray attack methodology. They're going to send out an email that's like, your Amazon uh, password has been uh, deleted. <laughs> you, right. know, you, you no longer have an Amazon account. Ah, right? They're going to spray that out to a 1,000 emails, and they're hoping that 25 people click, and they get access to 25 different machines. But I'm more of a persistent hacker. Mm -hmm. Um, This means that I am going to try and find information about you to create what we call spear phishing emails. Um, And these are really tailored to you. So if you don't mind, I actually looked up a little bit of information (gasps) on you to to give you information today. You don't have to say yes, but okay. if you want to know how I would hack you, I yes, can tell you. Yes, please do. Okay. I won't give out too much detail because I don't want bad people to be sending you emails. But <laughs> here's what I would do, G, okay? Okay. I would, I would go on your public Instagram, mm-hmm. and I would get a sense for what do you do? How do you spend your time? Who do you spend your time with? And then I would craft an email for you that would be very specific for you. So, for instance, if you tag the person who did your headshots mm-hmm. for you yes. on Instagram, I would figure out who that person is, the, the photographer. I would spoof their email, which makes it look like I'm emailing from their email. Oh, and so I would the, contact you. So, the, like, the return, like, the sender, it would be his name. Right, exactly. It okay. would say it would say exactly like it was coming from them. And then I would contact you and I would say something like, I love taking your headshots. Would you mind um, submitting just like a quick thumbs up, thumbs down review so that I can get this award? Right. <gasps> and then you're like, of course, I would help you. You're amazing. And you don't even think before you click. Right. I totally would. And I wouldn't even think or check to check in with him because he's busy. We don't talk all the time. I would just think, oh, my God, he deserves this award. Let me click on this link. Exactly. And so that's why I always recommend that people use two methods of communication to confirm that people are who they say they are before clicking a link, downloads, downloading something or giving out sensitive information. Um, and this it's I'm not going to lie to you, G, it's going to take you more time. Like, it's going to take you that extra 30 seconds to fire an, off an email to the person who did your headshots to say, quick question about this. And then they're going to be like, I did not send you that email, G. Oh, my goodness. You are getting hacked. Wow, that's so fascinating. So, Rachel, just curious, what happens when you click on the link? What What do you then do? Yeah, it depends on what's going on in your machine. So a lot of times people have outdated systems or software, right? Mm -hmm. You might say, you know, the little pop-ups come up on the upper right-hand corner that say, update your operating system, Um, restart your computer now, right? And you're like, I'm busy. I don't want to do that right (laughs) Right. now, right? I don't want to restart my computer. Exactly. I'm in the middle of work or I'm watching something. I don't want to do that right now. So we say later, later, later. Or on our Google Chrome, we have that little arrow that turns green, orange, and then red, right? You've probably Mm -hmm. seen that before, the browser. So it depends what I'm going after. But what I would likely do is I would leverage some known vulnerability, either in your Chrome browser, because I'm hoping you don't have it up to date, or in your operating system. And I know which ones you use because you've taken pictures. I'm not saying you specifically, but most people have taken pictures with their workstations in the background. Uh So I get a sense for what operating system do you run? What browser do you run? What other software do you have on your machine? And then I can tailor my malware for the specific vulnerabilities in your machine. And effectively, I can watch everything you do on your machine. I could turn on a webcam. I could watch you. I could listen to you. um, Or I could just see where you're going and what you're doing or record your keystrokes. 
you could watch me and listen to me and and know what I'm typing and to people? Yep. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So scary. Now, this is, of course, for me as a personal individual, so you can access, I guess, bank accounts and other things like that. But this could be, this is also what happens with uh, people working at companies. And you don't want to be the person that's the security leak at a at your company. Right. Yeah, it's scary. And a lot of people don't realize the, the level of responsibility they have in protecting both their organization and their family's money, you know, and like any other account that they have access to or log into on their own computer. So it's it's really important to make sure that your, your systems and your software are always up to date. And I know it's obnoxious. You see that little thing pop up and you're in the middle of writing an email and you don't want to restart, but Really, you you should do that as soon as you see it that day. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to hear your voice now every time that that pops up. As soon as I get home tonight, (laughs) that is the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to update because I do have an update waiting for me. Um, I probably shouldn't say that out out loud, but um, I'm just shocked that (laughs) you found found all that information on social media. So really, people need to be cautious about what they're putting out on social media. Yeah, that's the thing is like, you know, I wouldn't say it's even wrong to put out that to tag the person who took your headshots. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's okay to put out there. The thing is that we have to do what's called polite paranoia, right? Mm -hmm. Anything that we put out there, we have to categorize that in our mind as public information. Anything that's public information can be used to craft a spearfish for us. And so whenever I post, and I, I post on Twitter like multiple times a day, I do not stop posting just because I am a hacker myself. I have to categorize everything that I know about in my life as either public or private. And I assume that most things are public. And so if you email me and you say, hey, uh, I am the restaurant that you go to, that coffee shop, Phnom Coffee, right? Mm -hmm. And I want you, here's a coupon. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sorry, creepy, right? Yeah, I I, I go there. I know. Uh, here's a coupon to get some um, some coffee during these challenging times. I have to think to myself, I'm public with the fact that I drink coffee there. I have to be careful. So I'm going to check with Phenom Coffee first. I'm going to go on their website and see if they have this deal available or I'm going to reach out to them or something like that to figure out if this is legit first. Then I will click, but I have to figure it out first. Good advice. Is Do you recommend never clicking on anything or opening anything unless you've verified it? It's tough, right? Because people have to click things, download things to do their job. Like in many cases, if you just say to HR, I'm not clicking on that benefits link, HR is going to be like, okay, well, you're fired. <laughs> you have to click things to do your job. So what I do recommend is that people start um, building in security processes to protect themselves in case they make a mistake. And these are things like using two methods of communication to confirm that people are who they say they are, um, navigating to the real site rather than clicking through an email. Um, so you can you can go to the thing that you're interested in, but maybe go to the coffee shop's website directly rather than clicking from the email. And then you have to make sure that you don't reuse your passwords and you have multi-factor authentication on. And if you can do those things, then you can protect yourself even if you were to make a mistake because the technical tools are there. And Rachel, I'm guessing, you know, there were all these jokes about how we were going to break the internet and could it handle everybody working from home during this COVID-19 pandemic. But these are things that we have to be super vigilant about because everybody is online a lot more right now, right? Right. And people are going through a lot of emotions right now. It's a very hard time for everyone. And unfortunately, criminals know that. So 
we know that when we have that level of emotion, it's hard for us to think clearly. It's hard for us to make strong decisions in that moment. Um, and so you have to be really mindful about the things that you post and think, am I able to be politely paranoid about this detail? If I'm not able to be politely paranoid about uh, which vet my cat goes to, right? Mm-hmm. And if I get an email that says, we just found your cat while you're out of the house, right? right. I'm probably going to click that because it's too emotional for me. And so because of that, I probably shouldn't post on Yelp or Instagram or Twitter about where I go for my vet. Oh, that's fascinating. And I think I have posted where I go for my vet. Oh, my goodness. So, Rachel, this is from uh, the 773 area code. They got an email, what looked like Apple, saying, thanks for your order mm-hmm. on an app. Now I haven't used my Apple account since 2009. In the email, it had some info on a doc. I didn't click on it. What do you think? Yeah, that's really hard. I do know that the two major things we're seeing right now, just for like everyday average person attacks, you're going to get messages from Apple Care, either text messages, calls, or emails, or you're going to get them from Microsoft. Um, and so I would say it's likely likely was a fish, um, mm-hmm. and you would want to change your password. You'd want to have multi-factor authentication on your Apple and iCloud um, to make sure that they can't log into your account or gain access. And you unfortunately might need to just start from scratch if they already have access. Or you can try and contact Apple, and hopefully they can get rid of that attacker. And Rachel, I'm guessing a lot of COVID-19 scams as well. Oh, my goodness. We uh, phishing, Google Transparency Report indicated that phishing increased 350% in March, and research done by Risk ID found 300,000 potential suspicious new COVID-19 websites in March alone. So, yes, it has increased like crazy because the criminals lost their jobs, too, wow. and they need to make money. And so you just have to consider who needs the money. Criminals do, too, and they're going to try and get it from you. Rachel Toback, she's the CEO and co-founder of Social Proof Security. That's the website as well, socialproofsecurity.com. You are so amazing. You are doing good work. One day I want to talk about like how you found yourself in this line of work. So you've got to come back, okay? Yeah, I'll come back. That's cool. (laughs) Thanks so much, Rachel. Take care. Thanks, G.